Welcome back to Fertility Now. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Jen Morgan on with us. She's really, really cool, you guys. And she's a doctor of physical therapy and a pelvic health specialist. She is a specialist in treating pelvic floor and pelvic conditions. She is really interesting. You may have seen her on Instagram. Her presence is one of the coolest presents I've seen, and her different posts have such great information. And I think what's interesting about Dr. Jen is that she shares a lot about herself and what she does. She's into bringing awareness about her field and help telling us all to advocate for ourselves. Hey, Dr. Jen, how are you doing? Hey, Spencer, thanks for having me. I'm doing really well, how are you? I'm doing great. I've been really excited to have you on. Um, you know, a little bit background about you. People see if they start watching you that you're in great physical shape yourself. I mean, I know, okay. you know, you taught yoga in the past and then you became a pelvic health physical therapist and a doctor of physical therapy. Okay. Give us a little bit about your journey and kind of where you got to where you are now. Absolutely. So let's see. So I think I knew I wanted to be a physical therapist for years, um, probably from the time I was like 16. I used to be a gymnast. So I was a gymnast growing up. So super active. And then on the off season, I was also playing, you know, basketball and cheerleading and like all these things. And right. I was in and out of rehab because I was physically active and I was taking it probably too hard. And when I got into physical therapy school, so when I was, um, and when finally, when I got into my doctorate program, I thought I was going to be a pediatric physical therapist. I was right. like, I'm going to do pediatrics. It's going to be fantastic. And then, um, I was teaching yoga, like for about, 10 years uh, while like before PT school and while I was in PT school and I was walking out of a yoga class in the middle of Arizona. So I was living in Scottsdale at the time. So nice and, and warm. I, oh my gosh, so nice and warm. It yeah. makes these New England winters, like it makes right. me miss the sunny Arizona just a little bit. Right. And I actually ended up getting my foot stuck in a pothole and I fell directly onto my tailbone. And from that injury, just through happenstance, one of my professors recommended I go see a pelvic health physical therapist. And I was like, oh, okay. And on the first visit, I will never forget my therapist. Her name was Brienne. She looked at me and she was like, so with this tailbone injury, like typically we go rectally to like try to get those muscles and try to get the tailbone back in, you know, it's better alignment. And I just looked at her dumbfounded and I you was like, you want to do what? But it changed my life. I had more pelvic floor issues that I didn't even know I had. And within like eight sessions with Brienne, I was living a better life than when I walked in, not just because of my tailbone, but also because I had a long standing history of constipation. I didn't realize I was constipated. I was having a ton of other issues because of that urgency, frequency, leakage. And now all that was like resolved. So it was just, it was magical. So there you were. So the pelvic floor and pelvic physical therapy is so interesting. That's why we're going to get into this. Um, yeah. Do you think you had some of those issues from being really active um, when you were younger and then the injury? And then do you think that young people are not doing enough kind of rehab physical therapy on their bodies while they're doing those intense exercises or a little bit of all of it? I think it's a little bit of all of it. I also think a lot of it starts from, you know, how we eat. So I grew up in Chicago. Um, right. so meat and potatoes, like, and like, that is like our meal, which is fine. But like, I was never one to like eat the rainbow and like, look at the plate and be very cognizant of like what I was eating. You know, I'm Irish Catholic and also German. And so like, we eat like these really rich, buttery, heavy, food. heavy cream foods. So 
I think for me, it's just, I wasn't eating to fuel my body. I wasn't taking care of my body in like a rehab sense. I was just like going to practice and like, that was like it showing up to meets. I think, um, you know, we don't put enough emphasis on recovery period, whether we're children or whether we're adults. I, you know, I have a daughter who's a dancer and yeah. she's actually, she does physical therapy while she does dance. I, I know I can't, I'm so happy. Um, real quick and then we'll kind of jump deep into this. I had a, a hand injury and I did physical therapy. I know the physical therapist was incredible. So everyone out there, there your physical therapist, you have no idea and wait till you hear this cool episode. So one thing is, you know, pelvic health issues kind of affect everyone and all ages, Correct. men, women. I know we're going to spend a lot of time on our women because you and I are both in a unique situation. We're both in Connecticut. We both take care of, you take care of men and women of all ages. I take care of our, our ladies who are trying to get pregnant and our men are trying to get pregnant. So they're a little younger, but we're both in the reproductive organ kind of pelvis area. And um, you really help patients with issues um, related to their pelvis. Yes, you know? that's the that's the goal. Let's jump into pregnancy because yeah. that's really interesting. And and learning about you and with you, you know, getting ready for pregnancy. People have while they're getting pregnant, their stomach gets bigger. They have some different pains and this and that and delivery. And give us a little bit on that. Throw it at us. Yeah. So I always like to tell my people like if they're even thinking that they want to start trying to conceive or they're going to go down the you know path of you know fertility treatment start pt pelvic health pt or pelvic ot pelvic health therapy is kind of like the term but start that soon because there are a lot of factors that go into that right your whole system is going to change and we need to be strong for a pregnancy, right? Because our, our body composition is gonna change. Our center of gravity is going to change. Right. And the stronger and um, healthier that we are going in in terms of muscle mass and being able to like move our bodies, the less pain that we're going to have from low back pain, we're gonna have less constipation. We're going to notice like that we're able to, you know, manage some of these other um, bed mobility transfer issues that kind of happen, you know, during pregnancy as well. There's a lot of benefit that happens to getting mobile early and then also if you have a history of like hip dysplasia as a child or if you have a history of constipation as a child like i did you probably have some underlying pelvic floor stuff that also can make pain with sex it can make sex really painful and it can also make potentially like any of the other processes that go with um fertility treatment like you know think about like the ultrasound probes and all of those things we can help to alleviate the sensitivity that happens with that so these are things that we can start doing early on Right. I, so that's, it's really important. So like pre-pregnancy, are you getting yourself ready? Like you said, looking at some of the different things you've written when you're pregnant or you deliver, you're carrying things, you're moving around this and that, um, and you're getting yourself strong. And like you said, you're kind of getting your body pelvis kind of ready for like incredible success. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell people, I'm like, you wouldn't start training for your marathon on the first day of your marathon, right? If you're right. lacing up your shoes to run the New York marathon, it's too late, right? So you want to plan backwards and start as soon as you possibly can. Right. So let's, let's, uh, we're going to do, we're going to go deeper into this. So everyone knows that the American college wants our patients to be active yes. during pregnancy. So we know it's so, so important. And so 
you break down very nicely this you know wellness model of pregnancy and the rehab pregnancy timeline, which I will tell you, I don't think about it enough as, as a physician per se. So I'm gonna throw out kind of what we're doing. And I know you have like the rehab model and I want everyone to hear some of the cool things you're into. So like, for example, so like first trimester, we know up until the first 13 weeks, we know that our patients are coming in to see me, they're getting pregnant, they're doing ultrasounds, they're doing their blood work. We tell them to, you know, exercise and this and that, but in your kind of feeling about it, you're like, be active. So in the first trimester, what is your messaging to your patients? Totally. In the first trimester, we're going to take some movement over no movement, but we really want to honor the symptoms that are in front of us, right? right? So if you're feeling very fatigued, if you're feeling really uncomfortable, I don't want you to go force yourself to do a 30 minute lifting circuit. That's not what I'm looking for from you. But if you can go out and take a walk, I'd be really happy. I'd be really thrilled with that. Just do stuff. Just do stuff. Now, so in the second trimester, that's unfortunately when they leave us and they go to their obstetrician. So, you know, they're going to have visits, oh, every three to four weeks with their OB. They're going to get their anatomy scan, but you kind of get them ready with a little strengthening. This is the, this is game. I know, this right? is the time. This is, my, this is the time because here's the thing. Parenthood is so heavy, right? Like whoever's designing like all these baby products and all these other things are not thinking of the parents, right? Strollers are 50 pounds and all the things. This is the time where we can ramp up your training, your strengthening, and it should be progressive overload. We want to be working on getting you strong. And then there will be a point where we start to just kind of like focus on lifting, but we're not going to be like aiming for PRs. I'm not wanting you to go to CrossFit. I'm not wanting you to like lift like 500 pounds, right. but I do want you to put some load on your system so that we are seeing, you know, gains in terms of you staying strong as well as cardiovascular benefit and everything else that comes with that. This is truly the peak of like when rehab is kind of also blending with like strength training. Right. So you're building yourself up, getting yourself ready for the third trimester. So, Absolutely. you know, 28 weeks, you're seeing your doc more often, you know, maybe every other week. And then you're getting your patients ready and our patients ready for delivery, strengthening, mm -hmm. obviously postpartum, you know, a little bit of aches and pains here and there. And then, you know, maybe you'll throw in something about perineal massage. That third trimester, yes. people are getting really excited, ready to go. Yes, third trimester is amazing. And this rehab timeline is actually just a, a term that I've coined because, you know, we want to break it down so that we kind of match the model that, you know, the medical model follows. Right. And so once we get into that third trimester, strengthening continues because we want to make sure that they're strong for postpartum. There's also some evidence to show that it can also help to um, manage some labor timelines. And it also can help, obviously, with postpartum recovery. And then we're focusing on the pelvic floor and looking at stages of pelvis, pelvic mobility. We talk about um, how to optimize your pressure management because that's a huge thing too. We wanna see if we can mitigate DRA. We wanna see if we can manage our pressures for proper pushing. We also can take a look at like, what positions do you like to move in? And what does that maybe say about where your baby is in the pelvis? And then perineal massage, which perineal massage, we kind of talked about this before we jumped on here technique that we discuss starting at 35 weeks with our people and it's something that is not going to hurt you and it actually may help you and the dosing actually is not it's not a lot it's twice a week for five to ten minutes 
However, here's what happens. Most people think, like, if, if you think of the opening, you know, the introitus, the opening of the vagina, most people think that they just need to do a little bit at the bottom here and pretty superficial. And that's not the case, right? The reason why I recommend perineum massage for people is that we want to focus on going deep and giving quite a big amount of stretch so that we right. can, you know, teach the body that when we feel that much stretch that we don't want to recoil. Because with birth, it's a big stretch to that area. Right. So really get ready for that easy yeah. delivery. When you're, you said people are starting that around 35 weeks? Yes. Okay. So we have um, that cool wellness model. So I want my patients to know about that and to think about that while we're helping you get pregnant. And then in the third, first trimester, kind of starting, but potentially, like Dr. Chen said, maybe starting up front, especially if you may have some issues where you want to strengthen that pelvis for a good delivery. You know, absolutely. In general, and I, because I want our patients to know, people to know about it. Pelvic health gets into a lot of stuff. You guys work on um, urine leaking, constipation, pain with intercourse, mm -hmm. um, pregnancy, postpartum. We kind of talked about that. Stools, loose stools, back pain, pelvic pain, all these kind of cool things. You know, one thing you kind of commented I'd like to to talk about is a lot of our patients can come in and will have difficulty when we do a transvaginal ultrasound and they'll feel very uncomfortable with the probe. Some of our patients are having difficulty having intercourse and in talking to and learning from and with you, that's a very personal thing. And, and what I think is, is that our patients should want to see someone like you and yeah. they may want to learn some techniques to make themselves more comfortable. So what would you do if I had a patient or when you have patients who have difficulty with the relations, there's definitely things you can help them with. Absolutely. So it depends on what the primary driver is, right? So what's the root right. cause? Like, what is the reason this person is here in front of me? Is it because the pelvic floor, which is a bowl of muscles, there are like trigger points in that bowl of muscles that are causing just like a constant spasm? Or is it the nervous system that is, you know, perceiving there's like a threat, right? And right. so the pelvic floor kind of creates like a wall for some people. So it feels like they're hitting a wall with insertion. So those are two kind of different treatment plans. They both will look, you know, a little bit similar in ways, right? Stretching, breathing, focusing on trying to release those types of constant guard me mechanisms. Right. Um, but there may be some pelvic wands involved, which is a therapeutic tool that one can use at home to kind of release their trigger points. Sometimes um, vaginal trainers or dilators, they may also be called, may also be part of the plan, not only for, you know, the insertion and the, you know, keep it in there, but also for movement. Because most of the time with probes and with any sort of penetrative anything, it's the in and the out, which is also really tricky for people. So we want to desensitize to that too. Right. And like you said, the movement, sometimes on the pro when we're looking at the ovaries, I give everyone a heads up, hey, you're going to feel something. So totally. it's something for all of us to keep in mind that you can help them with that. And, um, you know, it's important, very important. Yeah. Other, you know, other kind of conditions you see in your practice, give us another thing to grab our teeth into. Yeah, I mean, so we treat everything in my practice from kids. So like from kiddos who are having like, you know, some issues with like potty training or like constipation all the way up through, you know, our male counterparts. So, you know, people who are having trouble with, you know, like erectile dysfunction, or maybe they're also having like some constipation issues or leakage post prostatectomy stuff. Um, we truly see everything in between. Um, but like our top 
five diagnoses that we are seeing are going to be pregnancy wellness. So we see people coming to us who like want to be well during their pregnancy and postpartum. Perfect. Um, pain with intercourse. So that's a big one that we see a lot. Um, and that can also be secondary to like a delivery. So if they had like an episiotomy and then they had to have stitching and maybe there's like some scar tissue there, we see that a lot too. Um, urinary um, leakage, urgency, or frequency. So we see that a bunch in here. And then also uh, constipation and like diarrhea issues, like some gut stuff. Right. After delivery, that cesarean section or that delivery, yeah. what do you see or what are people coming in with after delivery that you're helping them with? Yeah, well, that's a major abdominal surgery, right? Yeah, and that's absolutely. the first thing I tell them. Yeah, I'm like, we that's don't even a major... realize that you comment on it and you're actually more than right. Absolutely. Totally. We get more rehab for an ankle sprain than we do for a major abdominal surgery that's a C-section and it's, it's not okay. Um, so I'm really glad that we're talking about this so we can kind of like turn the tides on that because this is something where you just had a surgery where we cut into your abdomen and now we have to kind of re-coordinate those nerves. We have right. to really be able to reconnect with our core and your core and your pelvic floor are best friends. We have to connect those two areas of our body and then we have to work on gaining back strength and making sure that you're strong enough for parenthood as well as to live your life and return to the things that you want. Being cleared at six to eight weeks to go run is a, that to me, I actually laugh. I'm like, that's a joke. Right. Like, there's no way. Like, you shouldn't be jumping until at least 12 weeks with the earliest, simplest, or with the simplest delivery, let alone after a C-section. Right. So definitely after delivery, that's when you're seeing people and getting them, how I see it, to heal better. Yes. Um, get that C-section area healed up better, stronger, and get you ready to, like you said, take care of your baby and move on. Maybe even yeah. have baby number two. I know... I would, I would take a hunch that most physicians don't talk to their patients much about getting their abdominal wall strong after a cesarean section, like you do. I would agree. I would agree with you on that. And I also feel like there's probably some moms around here walking around being like, I still feel numb around my C-section scar. Yeah. And that's something that we work on. We work on that sensitivity because we don't want you to be having numbness across these nerve dermatomes or like the pathways that the nerves go um, forever. That shouldn't be. You know, it's interesting, a lot of a lot of your different posts and discussions that you talk about for your patients, you hold the model of the pelvis. And the pelvis is really interesting. Like you comment, it has all these beautiful muscles and how it's set up. And no question, a lot of patients after delivery and as they go older are definitely having some urinary leakage issues. Um, mm -hmm. it, Comment on that. Anything, any little secrets out there? What are you seeing with regard to that? What do you think works? Totally. So I typically find urinary leakage. Um, you can have urinary leakage because your muscles are too tight. And typically after a birth, the muscles are actually too tight and not too weak. Um, and so it's actually a little counterintuitive. So doing Kegels until the cows come home is not going to solve the issue. Right. Um, I also find that urinary leakage is a, there's a sweet spot of people do not drink enough water because they're afraid they're going to leak Right. and they wait too long. So sometimes we have to do a lot of like bladder retraining and giving people schedules that work for them that really do mirror healthy bladder habits. So you should be taking in somewhere around six to eight ounces of water per hour. If this is also if you're not breastfeeding, but like 
six to eight ounces of water per hour. We don't want to chug because your body's just going to flush it right through you. Right. And you should be peeing somewhere between two to four hours. Four is the absolute max. Do not go more than four hours without peeing. So like we kind of get people structured at a schedule that will work for them. We meet them where they're at. Okay. Interesting. Cause I think that's a, that's a very, very popular thing that people are feeling. Yeah. You know? I agree with you. Um, I know Kegels, People are doing them, they're not doing them. Do you think they work? Is there a place for them? Everyone thinks that that's gonna build the pelvic space and give some muscle tone. Sure. What's your take on that? Uh, well, I feel like the pendulum has swung completely the other way. Like yeah. the pendulum swings, right? So I feel like right now we're in like a anti-Kegel mindset of the rehab world, which here's the thing. Being able to find your pelvic floor muscles, being able to do a bicep curl. Can you contract the muscle? Can you relax the muscle? That is a skill. Everyone should have said skill, but it's not a functional skill, right? When you pick up your water glass, it's not a bicep curl necessarily, right? When right. you put something overhead, it's not a bicep curl. Um, so you want to make sure that your pelvic floor is working really well with your glutes, your hamstrings, your core, and then your breathing. So that's more of a functional model that people need to be paying attention to. But if you can't find your pelvic floor, that's an issue. So it's nice to have someone check to make sure that you can contract, relax, and bear down, which is the Kegel. But we also want to make sure that we integrate it functionally. Right. So that's something that you're obviously very into is that you have your core, the pelvis area, but then everything else is yeah. so key to it. Tell me if I'm saying this wrong. And that's why you're into like incredible stretching and core and ortho and low weight training. You, you, yeah. you kind of build everything strong around that pelvis would you agree would you agree with that i would and i feel like a lot of especially pregnant women are you know they're not recommended to pick up strength training if they haven't been doing it before which again i don't want you to go blindly and do something right. new that you have no guidance in doing but strength training and getting strong around this area before pregnancy during pregnancy and after so is really important right that's what i saw what what you do in your practice that is really really cool is yeah. the strength training around everything just the full the full gamut for for health and being strong a couple last things i want to kind of touch on um yeah self-care so mm -hmm. when you talk about self-care you especially you have a, a big platform because everyone's going to listen to you they're not going to listen to me as much um, and to hear you talk about self-care which is such a hot area in our field in and taking care of our patients, our women, our pregnant patients and everything, you know, you comment on acupuncture and healthy eating and sleeping, doing non, you know, related activities and breathing. And um, that was really nice to see. And, and uh, you, you probably have to talk to your patients about all these things. Yeah. You know? It takes a village. It does. Yeah, no doubt. Spin bicycles. This is popular. Yeah. Everyone yes. is um, pelotoning even myself, um, I would tell you that maybe more than 50% of our patients are pelotoning that we see. And you had a really cool do's and don'ts on pelotoning. Um, the one I wanted to kind of throw at you, the obvious was like, you know, you want us to have the wide seat, a good setup. So you want us to be sitting right, correctly, avoid holding your breath. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you comment about changing your position frequently. I like to do that to get up, sit down, to kind of keep my body going, um, take breaks from cycling. I think you're commenting that you want people to do other things besides cycling and do other kinds of exercises and stretch. 
choose anything to teach us about being safer on that Peloton. Mm. Anything you want. I'm also a Peloton user, so I feel like we're getting a little bit of a biased you know, right. uh, mindset here. But here's the thing. I, my clinic, so myself and my therapist, we will, we rarely take things away from our patients. Like if you love Peloton, we're going to figure out a way to keep you Pelotonic, right? That right. is huge. Um, and, but a, there is a time where those, those bicycle seats and that setup is not conducive for most people and also puts a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor, right? So if someone's having pelvic pain or they have pelvic floor muscle tension, sitting on that bicycle seat for a 30 minute low impact and maybe not coming out of the saddle, like that may cause some more tension. So right. we have to actually add in stretches that are more than the ones that they give you at the end of the class, right? So okay. you should be doing like a seated figure four, like that's really good for that piriformis, a deep squat, a child's pose, you know, like any sort of like pelvic floor opening stretch right. needs right. to happen afterwards. So I want everyone to hear that because on a lot of those, after a lot of those sessions, you know, we're stretching our um, hamstrings or our calf muscles, but like you're saying, there's more to it. So hit up Jen, you know, if you're a big Peloton and let her teach you how to kind of do it all and do some good stretching afterwards. I, I, yeah. I've always thought, Jen, that there's more to stretching than we're doing after we do a workout on that bike. I so, agree with you. So we're going to take it from you and we're going to, you know, investigate that. And our patients are going to investigate it. As we wrap up here, I know you talk about this, you know, you're coming for your first visit. So I want to kind of debunk it so our patients know that it's going to be a great experience here, that first visit. Um, you know, comment when someone comes in and, and I know it's all about making our patients comfortable that first visit and we'll kind of wrap it up from there. Totally. So the first visit, I always like to call it like an a la carte situation. It really is going to be what you want it to be. And what I mean by that is when you show up, at least I can speak to centrality. So centrality is our clinic. We are in Guilford and New Canaan, and uh, we have multiple therapists, myself and two others. And when you show up, you will come in, you'll take a seat and we may chat. We may chat the whole time. We really want to take a very detailed history. We want to know why you're here. We want to know what your goals are. We're gonna really let you talk pretty uninterrupted. And the minute you take a breath, we may get a question in, but we're really gonna let you kind of run with it. Like you kind of say, After, tell your story. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I'll sit down and be like, okay, why are you here today? And sometimes people look at me like, didn't you read my paperwork? And I always say, yes, I totally read your paperwork. I have an idea, but I really wanna hear it from you because that 2D does not really do you justice. And yeah, then they tell us all the things. And after that, there will be some kind of objective measure, right? We're gonna look at your spine. We're gonna look at your hip range of motion. We're gonna look at how strong you are. We're going to you know, watch your functional movements. What does it look like to pick up that heavy kettlebell? And then depending on the day, I always walk my people through like what an internal and external pelvic floor muscle assessment will look like. Um, especially if someone's having symptoms of like pelvic organ prolapse, we're seeing that a lot right now too, um, or pressure or heaviness. like. We want to look at your pelvic floor, not even just on the table laying flat. I also want to look at you standing up. So sometimes right. like they may be in a gown and I'm like underneath, like looking at their pelvic floor. And so we walk them through what that looks like. And then we'll do, we like to call it like the grand assessment where we then, you know, talk about everything that we found, relate it back to everything that they told us. And then we make a plan together. So it's like a really collaborative moment where it's like, okay, Here's what we see. Here's what we think is like the most pertinent. But 
this only matches up with these two goals. Like, is there something that you want to reprioritize? Right. And so they get to be in control. And as I said, nothing has to happen on the first day. We can just talk. Right. I think that's really neat. And I, I think it's interesting you comment about evaluating someone standing up because obviously you want to see how everything kind of lies and how yeah. things go, the flow totally. of the body. Um, I know on your sites, you know, you're very easygoing. And so our patients should just obviously feel so comfortable with you and just Thank you. do it at their pace, how it, how it works for them. Absolutely. You know, so I really want to thank you for coming on. Um, it was a really a pleasure learning about your field from you um, and realizing how important it is for all of our patients. So I hope my patients who are listening to this realize what a great resource you and your team can be. Um, make any closing comments and we'll wrap it up. Oh, any closing comments? Well, first of all, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for And I on. think my only other closing comment is every single person needs a pelvic health therapist in their corner. So even if you think you don't need an email, just go get one and like see if something pops up that you can work on as your wellness as well as your rehab. So you guys, this is an area of healthcare that is very popular and very needed. And Jen is incredibly interesting um <laughs> check her out centrality wellness that's her website so let's say centralitywellness.com great yes. resources you know on instagram check her out at doc underscore jen morgan great posts i've looked at almost all of them there's over 900 and you can learn great stuff from all of them um and you can follow me on instagram as you know at fertility now and at Dr. Spencer Richland. So Jen, I really want to thank you for coming on, um, give us, giving us some of your time. I know you're really busy. Which office are you in today? So today I'm at Guilford. Um, I'm in Guilford on Wednesdays and Fridays, and I'm in New Canaan on Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Okay, you guys, hit up Jen. She's out there to help you.